Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Good morning, everyone. I am so excited to be here. I know a lot of people don't know this about me, but I am shy. Really, truly, I am shy. Now, you might be like, there's no way. But I say this today, and I'm going to tell you a little story, but I say this because my guest today is Maura Ahrens-Mealy, who has a book. She's on tour right now called Hiding in the Bathroom, and it's all about we introverts being successful. So I am beyond excited to talk to her. But to prove to you how very shy I am, I want to tell you a story. So long story short, I think we all know that I'm obsessed with beach tennis. I absolutely positively love it. I play all the time. And when people hear me talk about it now, they hear me talk about that family. Like the people there are honestly so cool that if somebody's having a baby, they throw a baby shower. Everybody's birthday is celebrated. I mean, it's like Christmas. There's something to do like all the time. So since I found that community about six years ago, I truly have felt that my life has been enhanced like you would not believe. That said, when I first saw the community, I was riding my bike down the strand, which is the beachfront property or the beachfront like walk where I live. And I saw it and I was like, that's tennis on the sand. That's so cool. And I couldn't just go over and say hi because I'm just way too shy. I literally instead called some friends and asked them to go with me. So three of us went down and we played and people were nice, but like I didn't really feel like I was completely in the group. So I left and then I tried to go back, but I was too shy by myself. So I was going to find other friends. And then I saw that if you at Terranea, which is this beautiful resort, Um, They were having this thing on 4th of July where it was like a beach sort of get together. So I drive 45 minutes in L.A. traffic to the beach. I can't believe I'm admitting this story. I've told some friends, but to publicly admit this is kind of crazy. But you'll see why I'm doing it when we get our guest on in a minute here. Uh, So I drive to the beach And literally, I kid you not, like two little raindrops like are on my window. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're totally not going to be down there now. Like everybody's going to leave. I should just go home. And I literally drove home like the biggest loser on the planet. Um, And so eventually I get up the courage to go back down there um, another probably a couple weeks later. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I so want to play beach tennis. So I go down and I say hi. There's this guy there and a woman and they look super nice. So I just go, hi, Um, like, can anybody play? And And I'm like, this guy introduces himself. And then I'm like, hi, I'm Devin. And he's like, wait. You're Devin Alexander. And I'm completely thrown by this. 
And then I was like, how do you know that? And he's like, you're famous. And in that moment, I was so shy that I forgot that people even know me, if that's not the craziest thing. So trust me when I tell you, like, I've done these tours and I've done all these things, but I really, at heart, am a shy girl who's afraid to approach people. And honestly, it's probably residual from being overweight as a kid. So when my friend, Samantha Edis who, as you guys know, because you've been listening and you heard her talk about the pie life a couple weeks ago, told me that her friend, Maura Aarons Mealy, wrote a book called Hiding in the Bathroom, an introvert's roadmap to getting out there when you'd rather stay home. I nearly flipped out. I looked Maura up, and I swear I've been binge listening to her podcast. She's so cool. Maura is the founder of the award-winning social impact agency, Women Online. She hosts this podcast called Hiding in the Bathroom, which turned into her book, and she created an influencer network, The Mission List. She was founding political director for blogher.com and has written for the Harvard Business Review, the Huffington Post, Moms Rising, Forbes, the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and The Guardian. She's a graduate of Brown University and the Harvard Kennedy School, and she lives in Boston now, though she was an L.A. girl for a while. And she worked with President Obama. I mean, I seriously could go on and on and on, but I'm not going to because I want to get her in here. Maura, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Devin. It's hi. so good to be here. Hi. Oh, my God. So I'm just going to jump in with you. We were just talking before the show, and I already, like, love you. Um, and you made a comment about being on your book tour and hating it, um, <laughs> which I know that feeling because it's, it's like on one hand, you love, love, love it, and you're so grateful and excited because you finally get to get this piece of awesomeness out there to people who need it. Um, but on the flip side, you'd technically rather be home in your, right now, I'm ironically in my beach tennis shirt and my yoga pants and um, cuddled in a little ball on my chair, and I like this a little better. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm honestly jealous of you. I mean, it's it's so it's so true. And I have to I just have to touch on one thing about the story you told about being shy. And first of all, to say I'm I'm so with you. And I I wrote this book because there are so many of us out there who are we're ambitious, right? I mean, we are not just ambitious for ourselves. We are driven to, you know, fulfill our mission, make our mark in the world, help people. But we bump up against our limitations, right, every day, whether it's feeling shy, whether it's, you know, being an introvert. And that literally means that you need some space and peace and quiet to do your best work. Or we might struggle with social anxiety, which I definitely do, which means that, you know, something simple like picking up the phone to call a client or definitely walking into any kind of situation, social or professional, or trying to find friends in beach tennis can be really threatening. You know, we have just, we have to work with that every single day. And so I wrote this book to, I wish it was the book that I had had when I was trying to figure out how I could manage all this stuff. I, I, instead, I just kept quitting jobs. That wasn't a very healthy solution. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of us out there, a lot of us ambitious introverts. And what you did, what that lovely gentleman who said, oh, my God, it's Devin, really did, <laughs> was he helped you get out of your head. You know, those of us, those of us I love to call as hermits, you know, we tend to be in our head a lot, right? 
we're uh-huh. shy, we're anxious, uh-huh. I can't do it, I want to go home, everyone hates me, I'm a loser, I, you feel like the 12-year-old who, I mean, ugh. And what he helped you do is get out of your head, he was warm, he created a sort of community, and he reminded you why you were there, who you were, and you could go from there, right? Like, you forgot it all. And so what I think is really important, and we have much to talk about, but I just wanted to to touch on this from your story, is that sometimes when you're in a funk or you're feeling overwhelmed or you just can't walk into that situation, get out of your head, smile with someone, say something nice to them, compliment their outfit. Hopefully they'll reciprocate and then you forget why you were sort of worrying in the first place. Well, it's so funny that you say that and it's so true because... When I do my cooking demos and things, I love them. Like, I love, I always joke that I feel safer with a knife in my hand. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I'm up there cooking away. But the truth is, like, when I'm in those moments, you're absolutely right. It's like, I'm I'm thinking about, not about me at all. Like, it's, I think shy is kind of selfish in a way, um, as much as I just said I was shy. And, like, there's something that, yeah, we're in our head. Whereas when I'm doing a cooking demo, I'm focused on the food. I'm focused on service. I'm focused on how to help others. But when I'm walking into a social situation like beach tennis and I want something, like, I want to be part of the group. I want friends. It's so much harder. It's, you know what, first of all, it's not selfish at all. And, and, and I don't mean that when I say you're in your head. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just who you are. You know, I mean, it, it's probably a wonderful characteristic of who you are. I'm sure there are many strengths that, that have, you know, led you to where you are because of that personality. So I think, you know, first of all, we have to accept ourselves. And second of all, understand that when we are feeling limited, there are really simple ways that we can flip the script. Right. Well, and I love, I mean, I thank you for saying that you have moments that you feel like a loser or you feel like whatever, because I mean, yeah, that's the part that I really want listeners to get. Like, I do not know a human. I mean, I've dated men who like look so confident and people will walk around and go, that guy's a billionaire. And I'm like, a billionaire? His business is about to fall apart. You know, and obviously I'm not going to say that to somebody, but it's like, you know, you see other people and you think that they're doing so well and they look like they have it all together. But between, you know, getting to talk to people like you and, you know, through my entrepreneur group, like people are really honest there and talk about their struggles. And it's, you know, everybody struggles like in some way at some time. We all have insecurities and, you know, people who are trying to start to take those first actions to really change their lives. Like, I think it's so important that they hear that. And that's part of the reason I love your book. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. And I I mean, I always joke that we're all faking it all the time, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I love what you said about the billionaire because... I think what I've learned a lot by watching, I call them privileged white men, and I love privileged privileged white men. I'm married to one. It's no judgment. Is that, um, and actually science backs this up. They learn from an early age how to sort of perform in a way that people assume they know what they're doing, they're successful, you know, obviously money is a big thing in like male culture, right? A lot of people think that a successful man has money. And so, they almost learn how to play the part. It's a little bit different for women. And it's actually, a lot of us feel like we're, we're just play acting, you know. Uh-huh. But we all sort of understand that there are certain ways to 
act like you've got it all together and act like you're successful. The problem is, I mean, that's part of life. We all do it. It can be very draining. It can actually make us anxious. It can cause us to slouch and clench and hurt our bodies. So I, I like my dream would be a world where all different kinds of successful people would talk openly about their anxiety, the fact that they hate networking, that they take Xanax when they fly. Like, I, I just, I wish we could all be open and, and get the stigma away because it's it's a universal human experience, but we've just all conformed to this, like, culture of success, you know? And I just think it's crap. I completely agree with you. And, of course, there are those moments that we have to be composed. But, honestly, like, the times in my life where I've struggled a little and told the truth about it... Um, ha- have been the most enriching, amazing, like, times that I've actually built friendships and gotten closer to even executives. And I don't know, it's it's taken me a long time to learn that perfect is the worst way to be. And I'm still working on that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I ever thought I was perfect, but I always tried. And it's nice to, I mean, I even heard a very successful woman recently, we were talking about a mutual friend and she's like, you know what? I love her and I admire her, but like, I would never cry to her. Like I would never. And I was like, that's such an interesting thing to say because this woman is somebody who like, well, both of them are people I totally love and admire. And actually I know, you know, both of them, (laughs) um, but (laughs) <laughs> and you, you just are like, when I grow up, I want to be her. And then to hear someone else say what was totally love, like it wasn't a diss. It was just like, she's so together and she has so much. But the truth is we all know secretly that she does cry. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she has to, she's a woman, she's human. She has, like, I know there's stuff there. Um, but it's interesting to hear someone say something like that and be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I don't feel that close to her because of that. And, um, well, and, and think about it, lesson. you know, it's such a lesson. I have a, a wonderful quote in my book from a, a psychologist um, who's at Harvard Medical School, Kim Leary, Dr. Kim Leary, and she says, you know, imagine what a gray place our world would be without emotion. And yet, we have tried to sort of remove the more vulnerable or more uncomfortable emotions from so much of the work world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fear, anxiety, jealousy, like all this stuff, you know, and, and I just, I think it's a shame because I feel like we're sort of pretending a lot of our humanity doesn't exist. And, and that's why when, you know, we have these cultural icons like Oprah, you know, I always think about Oprah and weight loss when I'm struggling. Ah. (laughs) Because, because, (laughs) I mean, I'm an Oprah generation kid. I'm 41. I grew up with Oprah being on in the afternoons and Oprah was always, you know, this famous, powerful, rich woman who was like at war over a cookie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, honestly, like for so many years while I was struggling, it was, it's amazing how like we have our one thing or two things. Um, because yeah, for years, like I got straight A's in school and I, I felt like I could accomplish anything no matter what, except same thing. I had peanut brittle under my bed and it wasn't going away. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It I it. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I don't know if you can relate to this or your listeners, but to me it's, and I only know, you know, my experience as an overachieving girl, I can't speak to men. I'm sure they feel the same way, but that, that like image of the straight A student who is hiding 
peanut brittle or whatever. <laughs> I mean, for me, I would go down and like sneak chocolate bars in the middle of the night. Um, you know, it's be, I think, and I'm not a psychologist, but I think I, I love to think about why we are driven to overachieve if, and, and, and maybe for some people, like maybe for Sheryl Sandberg, like that's her normal state and she's very happy and she doesn't like act out. But <laughs> I know that for me, when I was overachieving like that, I was acting out in other ways. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what? We have to go to break in a second, but I want to continue this little bit. And then I also am going to ask you, I'm giving you the heads up um, that I'm going to ask you, you have interviewed so many women and asked them they're hiding in the bathroom moment. And I, when we come back, I want to hear your maybe favorite or couple favorites, because I think we've all done that. And I just, I, I think I, I said I was binge listening to your podcast because I like, I wanted to hear them all. So I want to, I want a little spoiler <laughs> and I want to well hear your deal. story <laughs> as soon as we come back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers you are listening to have it all with devin alexander to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. I'm back with Maura Aaron's Mealy, who is on her... She's joining us for her 
on her book tour uh, for a book called Hiding in the Bathroom that came from an awesome Forbes podcast that she does of the same title. And like me, she's shy and, well, introverted. I don't know if shy is the right word um, to put that in her mouth. But we were just talking about, she just mentioned that, you know, when you get in these big places that you're doing big things, you act out. Um, for me, it was food. It sounded like Maura was talking about food. Maura, do you want to elaborate a little more on that? And then I'll share a story too. Absolutely. And and I don't even think it's just big things, right? I mean, for me, right. it was, you know, uh, running for student government in high school when yeah. I really didn't want to do it, but felt like I should uh. because it would, it would help me get into a better college. Can anyone relate to that? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, food, spending. I had a big problem in my 20s with spending too much, like trying to spend away my feelings, um, drinking sometimes. I think that I think that it's really hard when you don't know what's eating at you. And, and I, I like to focus on work because I think that there's there's plenty of great advice out there about when you're unhappy in your relationship or your not relationship or your personal life. I think that a lot of us end up on a career track and then in a career that we have aspired to but isn't truly us. I, I have been publishing a lot of articles about this with my book coming out, and I, I just got an email this morning from a young woman who's just started at a big corporate law firm, you know, wonderful story, like went to a great law school, graduated top of her class. And she said, I cry in the bathroom every day because I'm just so unhappy and I don't know how I got here. And so one of the things that I want people to think about if they feel themselves at work in a job that theoretically they they like, but they're unhappy every day, they might be acting out, they may just be crying in the bathroom, is, you know, A, like how, what am I feeling? When do I feel it? Do I feel it Monday morning? Do I feel it Wednesday? Do I feel it all week? How do I feel different on the weekends or in the evenings or when I'm not at work? Mm-hmm. And then think about, is it, is it the work that I'm doing that I don't like? Like, say I'm a lawyer like this woman. Do I really hate being a lawyer because it's so much time in front of a screen and that makes me unhappy and I'd rather be like running around a city or engaging in a different way? And then also, if you're sitting in an office all day and you feel like that's making you unhappy or there's lots of office politics or you have a toxic boss or you're an introvert, for example, and all of the interaction and fluorescent lights and open plan situation is making you feel physically overstimulated and unwell. Is that what's wrong and how can I change it? Like I like to drill into work because I think that, I mean, work is where we spend a majority of our lives, but often we don't think about it in a tactical way when it comes to thinking about what's making us act out or be unhappy. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Like, I find that I act out both when I'm on a book tour or when I'm in hotels a lot and, like, the times where I'm most nurturing other people. And I've talked to Cassie Ho, who's the Blogilates woman, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's this top YouTuber. And she and I had this whole conversation about how it's really funny that we, when we're getting other people healthy, it's the hardest time to keep ourselves healthy because I think that <laughs> isn't that crazy um, I had two more I had two martinis last night I'm just like <laughs> I 
do not feel good today, but I was, like, I was acting out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. I get in the hotel rooms and like, I literally have to tell them to take the, I mean, ask them nicely to take the mini bar out. Like, I'm like, can you just please take this stuff out of my room? And like, I know that I have to be packed up with my like Tazo tea because if I want something sweet, I can kind of get away with that if I don't have a mini bar staring at me. And I mean, I do find it amazing. And then also when I'm writing, this is the craziest thing, but writing like a lot of stuff, like one recipe is fine, but it causes me to want to eat nonstop. And so like, I actually just found this sugar-free hard candy company that, um, that's sweetened with fiber. It's crazy. Like I'm trying to be their spokesperson because I'm actually like consuming fiber at my computer now instead of eating food. (laughs) Oh my God. Isn't that yes. crazy? I mean, it's it's so funny how, like, that pressure leads to that. I don't think it's crazy. I think when there's a misfit between your environment and, like, what you love or need or feel more comfortable in, of course you're going to act out. I mean, what I would say is sometimes you got to put your big girl panties on. Like, right. you need to be in those hotel rooms. Your mission is to help people with your cooking and your books and your you know, appearances, I'm on book tour for something I deeply love and I'm privileged to be here. So part of it is you do have to suck it up and tell yourself not to act out. But Uh I think that it's also having a little bit of understanding. Um, Speaking of understanding, I have to cough. (coughs) (laughs) Please do that. I mean, I, I told Nora, like, we are so chill here and I want this to just be a good authentic conversation so I mean I so appreciate you you know being present and jumping in anyway and you know as you said (laughs) just doing it typhoid Mary in the airport the other day I I was boarding like a red eye to LA LA and I was coughing and all these people were visibly like moving away from me and I could tell they were like please don't let this woman sit next to us and I felt I just felt awful you know but yeah. Anyway, what do you do? Well, so I would love to jump into. I, I I am going to ask you how your book came up and your podcast came about, but I just I want to get to the dirt and the juice right now because um, I'm dying to know. I said I was binge listening to your podcast, and I heard that you ask everyone, all these crazy successful people, when was the last time they hid in the bathroom? And I'd love to hear your favorite tale. I well, I have one that I want to share because I feel like it's so resonant and it's about a woman in a position of leadership. Okay. Um, but I just wanted to say also that I ask everyone when the last time they hid in the bathroom is, and it to me, it's the surest way to separate the introvert from the extrovert. Oh, the extroverts will say, Well, like my kids were driving me crazy, so when I got home from work, I just hid in the bathroom for 10 minutes, or my favorite all time was a mega extrovert guest I had who said, I hid in the bathroom on the airplane because we weren't supposed to be using our Wi-Fi, but I just had to send a text, you know? (laughs) They have very, like, practical, right? (laughs) Introverts, shy people, people who, you know, struggle to get out there, we hide in the bathroom as a manner of both self-care and survival right it's Uh that like getting a minute of just stillness and quiet and resetting in the middle of an overwhelming or tough situation and um, a friend of mine who is just about to become the CEO of a pretty significant tech company um, she said to me she called me up randomly the other day she said I never understood what you were going on about with this hiding in the bathroom thing And I had a major moment where 
I work, they work in a very sexy, like loft style office and there's very little privacy. And she has an office, but she has a fishbowl office, right? It's all glass. Oh, yeah. So she is literally like seen (laughs) by everyone. They walk past check out what she's up to why is her door closed uh what's going on I don't know if you remember but when I used to work in offices if there was a lot of like all of a sudden the senior people like closing the door go into meetings or if there was someone sort of sneaking into the phone booth I would be like oh god what's going on are we getting bought are people getting laid off like you know in an office culture we start thinking about these things and gossip can spread and so the CEO to be said she was just having such a tough day. She had to make a tough decision. She was so overwhelmed because everyone wanted her advice. She was growing into this new role. And she said, I went into the ladies room because it was the only quiet place I could go. And I had to like, she had to cry. And she yeah. didn't want seen. She just needed some privacy. And so she said, I had my moment. I, I sat in the stall, I had my moment. I come out and there's this bubbly young employee, brand new, (laughs) so excited to see me because it's like FaceTime with the boss, right? And she starts chatting with me, trying to make conversation like any young, ambitious person would. Mm -hmm. And I just went into autopilot and started chatting with her back. But inside, the woman told me, she said, I just felt like dying. I was in the middle of this crisis. I was so overwhelmed and I had to make conversation because I felt like I had no space to be private or alone. And and then she said, and I realized something that I'm an introvert. I am overwhelmed by all the social and human demands for interaction that are put on me every day in the leadership role and in the office. And to me, this is such a profound example because first of all, it's so human. Like how many times have you emerged from a stall and like seen someone and felt like, oh God, I have to make conversation or someone has talked to, you know, especially if you're an introvert, like someone making conversation with you can feel a little bit like weird and threatening. Yes. And it's not like this woman isn't going to be the CEO and it's not like she isn't kick ass and she hasn't helped grow this company to a point where she is CEO. She is strong. She is fierce. She is a powerful leader, but she needs to build in some time and privacy. Otherwise, it's going to hurt her leadership. Yeah. It's amazing how true that is. I I kind of get myself in trouble. And I, I have a boyfriend now, but forever while I was dating, I would, <laughs> if a guy, I, I'm not good at, like, just, if I don't like somebody, I was never good at just being like, I'm done if the evening's not over. <laughs> like, I never wanted to insult someone to that level. Yeah. And so sometimes, like, if a guy was talking and talking and talking, and I just wasn't connecting, and I remember this, like, story of this guy who was literally complaining that his mother wasn't supportive of him. And I'm like, whoa, I don't need this level of baggage. And I, as I said, I wish I could have just accelerated and been like, I need to go. But instead, I would always go to the bathroom. <laughs> and so they would, because then they'd eat quicker, like without fail when they're talking and saying things that, you know, like they just are kind of venting at you and you could tell they need a psychologist, not a date. So I would literally just go in the bathroom and like text friends and do whatever to give them time to eat their dinner so that we could go home. (laughs) 
that is that is an amazing strategy, and I do that when I have to go to like cocktail parties or I'm like on a work trip or I have to be at a professional conference. I just spend as much possible time as I can in the bathroom because you, yeah, totally. Like sometimes you just you need to get your space and like you need to expedite this. I, I met a guy from the army the other night, and he calls it mandatory fun. Oh. So he said in the army, if you are sort of ambitious and you want to become an officer, you are expected to participate in mandatory fun, like evenings out, right, with your the next rank above you in a social setting. or, And, of course, it's not fun, which is why it's called mandatory fun. <laughs> it's a horrible team, like all kinds of stuff. And I love that term. I mean, so much of our life is mandatory fun. And I think as women also – we are raised to be nice and empathetic. So you can't be like, sorry, loser. Like, I'm not your shrink. I have better things to do with my time. Right. Maybe you could. That would be awesome. I wish I could. I wish I could. Like, part of me wishes I could. And the other part of me never wants to hurt anybody's feelings. And, like, at the core, my mother told me to be nice always. And I listened to her most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> My mother, on the other hand, is a total, she makes me look like the most social person in the world. And so she, she taught me how to, you know, sort of leave abruptly, which is not one of my best traits. But I, but I do think that the magic for everyone out there who is, is feeling this is like, okay, here's my next month or two ahead. Here's what I have to do. Here's the things on my calendar that are expected of me in my office, in my family, you know, like a lot of moms I talk to and dads, you know, we have to go to like potluck events at school and sporting events and blah, right? What do I have to go to? Be judicious. If it's a work event and say you're in sales or marketing and you have to go to, you know, professional conferences, or you have to network and build the network, look at your past year and think about what worked for you in terms of getting new sales leads, in terms of making new connections? If you're an entrepreneur like us and you're always on the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. Where did you go that was actually worth your time and what wasn't? Like, be prepared and be strategic. And then you can sort of be like, okay, I have to go to that conference because I went last year and I met three new great connections. Wow, that was a waste of time. You know, I don't think that my kids will be upset if I don't go to the, you know, classroom potluck, but they really need me to be at their hockey game. Take control of your schedule and don't be afraid to say no to half of it. And then say yes and get yourself out there for the other half, you know, like there's compromise here. Well, one of the things that I love is that so many entrepreneurs and all of these like entrepreneur things that I do will get up on stage and say things like you have to work 24 seven. And if you like, I don't even like the weekends. If you, if you're passionate about what you do. And it's funny because to be honest for years, like I loved what I did so much that I didn't like weekends. Um, and now as I've gotten older, I've realized that I've missed out on some things that I really wanted in life because I was so passionate about that and I'm curious well I'd love for you to elaborate when we come back I you can do it very quickly before we go to one more break but um but on you know your philosophy is that you don't have to work 24 7 and you can do it productively and I love that and I agree with you and I'm just curious like where you um 
don't know where you were able to figure out that concretely you could debunk all these people who think you have to work 24-7. I can debunk it because I can give lots of examples of successful leaders and entrepreneurs who who do less, who are perfectly happy eating lunch alone and, you know, not always getting out there. But, and I would love to talk about this after the break, I do think that you have to be very, very clear in a vision for your life, what you are willing to give up because time is finite, right? Right. You cannot be Sheryl Sandberg, you know, all these famous, you know, all the Silicon Valley leaders, Oprah, you probably can't be that if you have such strong boundaries that you want to limit your time at work, that you might, you know, want to travel less and say no to more things. So I'm very clear-eyed and I offer a lot of tools in the book about setting a clear vision, identifying your boundaries, and then building from there. Right. No, and, and that is true because, I mean, I was on a plane every weekend for years from hotel to hotel to hotel That's to right. hotel. And, you know, I all I cared about was being the Oprah of the healthy food world. And, you know, like that was the build, that was the build. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? Like, I am so much happier. Like having, I mean, I have much deeper friendships now. I have so much more fun. It's easier for me to maintain my weight. Um and so many things, and I just, as I've gotten older, like, I I don't know, like, I already blew it. I didn't make the 30 most successful, 30 under, or I don't know what it is. You know, like, all those lists that I was like. Oh, my God, can I, we not, can we talk about the lists? Because that is part, <laughs> it's, I call that, I call that achievement porn and entrepreneurship yeah. porn. And part of, I think part of understanding how to manage your success and find what's right for you is you have to be, you have to shut it out. I've never given a TED talk. Like I will never give a TED talk. I'm okay with, you know. But yeah. You, it's so hard if you're ambitious to be like, I've got to do it. I've got to be on that list. But if the trade-off is being on a plane every weekend and that's not right for you, then you have to make your peace with that. Well, and that is what I've come to realize. We do have to go to break now, but we are going to pick up when we get back with more Aaron's family. Stay tuned, everyone. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. If you're looking to grow your business, enjoy fascinating relationships, achieve your goals, and find hope in a seemingly hopeless world, you'll want to tune into Coffee with Christy. Host Christy Dryling and her incredible guests have a frank and open discussion every week. 
Think of it as a time to meet with your mentors, get the motivation you need, and remove the obstacles one hour at a time. Coffee with Christy is heard live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Influencers. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Maura Aarons Mealy, who is a complete rock star with a book called Hiding in the Bathroom. Maura went to Brown. As many of you know, I went to Smith. And so we had that, you know, drive, drive, drive. Women can be everything. Women can be anything, which is amazing. But we were just talking about the fact that sometimes, you know, you aspire to these lists. And you don't really know that it's going to make you give up other things that you may want in life. I always wanted to be a mom, and instead I was really chasing the list, list, list. So I, I'm kind of in a different space in life now. Um, and I love that we're outing ourselves and you know talking about this topic because I think that um, I don't. I, I think it's just really important to, as Maura just said, be really clear about do you want to be on the list or do you want more balance? And I think that helps with your overall fitness. Now, one of the cool things that I wanted to make sure we got to was that Maura actually helped with this social campaign for President Obama, social media campaign, I should say, for President Obama in 2012. And she's worked with a ton of other political um, people. She has this awesome digital agency called Women Online. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about Maura, since we're talking about not being social, how do you be social in social media when you're kind of an introvert? Which, <laughs> when you're not that social? <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because, I mean, honestly, I liked my life and my career like years ago more when I didn't have to selfie here and selfie there. And it's not that I don't want to, I don't know, like it's just awkward and uncomfortable for me. And I know a lot of people who are introverts feel this way and you talk about it in your book, but I'd love for you to shed some light on it here. What do we do? Help. I know, right? Because because I don't know about you and your listeners, but for me, FOMO, fear of missing out, strikes all the time now because, and it's not just about work and like not being on a list or not being invited to, you know, give a talk or whatever. It's, it's stupid. It's like, wow, that person made a cake. My kitchen's a mess. I, everything has mold in the fridge. And like <laughs> my friend who also has a really big job made a freaking cake right and it's and then I have fitness FOMO because I am feeling really out of shape with the book like one of the I'm so honest about this one of the things that really went out the door when I decided to pursue my dream of of writing a book while also working was I I did not I have not exercised for real in like a year and my body hurts and I feel awful and I feel guilty and I'm like I'm panicked about my weight because of it so and then I, so then I see all my friends who use these running apps and then post on Instagram, like, I just ran five miles and I feel great. And then, of course, there is the work FOMO, there's parenting FOMO. So it's challenging. And what you have to remember is 
FOMO is the whole point of social media. It's why they designed it. It is addictive and it is about creating community, yes, but also always making us want more, right? It's like stay hungry. It's, 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 it's a little competitive. It's a little Lord of the Flies and that is all part of the design. So you have to know that. That mm. said, I am also an old school blogger. I, my very first you know, my second job was at iVillage.com where we actually ran this thing called the Shape Up Challenge. iVillage was such a pioneer for your listeners who remember it. It was the first big women's website and it used message boards back in the day. (sighs) Women would come together to try to lose weight and we would have these things called Shape Up Challenges. And I saw the power of connection online and online community. So as much as I hate the Instagram FOMO that someone is, you know, more beautiful than me, more successful than me, whatever. What? I also, I, I also love, I mean, we all feel it, right? No, also, totally. Yeah. I love the fact that some of my best relationships, personal and professional, I maintain through email, hello, and Facebook, I'm part of what my friend Meredith calls power bitch networks of other Ah. professional women, and I can be in my jammies and connecting with them in a meaningful professional way, and I love that as an introverted hermit entrepreneur, I can blog, I can actually use social media and create a little FOMO to keep my brand growing and keep my business growing while I work from home. Like, that's amazing. I can put something on LinkedIn. I can put an article up on a blog and potential clients see it and they don't know that I'm like sitting in my jammies. Sometimes I'll, I'll tweet using a conference's hashtag when I'm in bed. I don't know at the conference, but people think I'm <laughs> Yay! So, right? So my whole thing is like, let's game the system. It games us. Let's game it right back and use it for good. As long as you can try to channel the FOMO. And if you're an entrepreneur or a hustler, you need to try to create a little FOMO yourself. Like I know you hate doing those Instagram videos or whatever, but you know that it's important and people love them, right? They connect with you. So again, it's all about finding the way that's right for you and doing just enough. Well, it's interesting because, like, I would love for everybody to see what I eat every meal, maybe. Um, (laughs) I think they might feel a little more sane. Um, But, no, I mean, a lot of that stuff. But, honestly, like, you know, the heckling of you're wearing the same shirt or you're, you know, like, I'm a little sensitive. And so it's like, really, if I show you what I'm eating, do I need a new shirt every time? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, so like that kind of stuff, it's the clothing, unless some clothing company wants to send me 400 t-shirts, because I don't want to spend, I mean, that's not how I value. I would rather give money to charity than buy 400 t-shirts. Um, you know, I spent, I, I feel you, I'm not famous enough like you are to get the, to get the commentary. So I'm so glad for that. I spent, I did an event once with, with the CNN anchor, Brooke Baldwin, who's an amazing journalist and she's also very beautiful. And I was CC'd on a bunch of social chains with her, Twitter, Facebook, the comments she got from viewers like, Brooke, have you been working out? Your legs look toned. It was terrifying to me I it was like really these people think that they have the right to comment about that and shoot and it was like yeah this is my life I I, we got to be honest about that right like yeah yeah 
But she loves her job. You love the fact that you can connect with your audience and do your work. I wish people wouldn't pick on your t-shirt. Like, stop, guys. It's not It's not cool. It's just, like, lay off. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's that. It's everything. It's, like, you know, um, and, again, like, I, I do my best to, like, not care and wear the same t-shirts and things like that. Um, but it, do- it definitely, like, if I felt a little more free, to do all of those things and to be, um, I guess, I don't know. It's even like people are like, that makes you look like you're not a celebrity or something. Like as if I'm actually, you know, like, cause a celebrity wouldn't wear the same t-shirt four times. It, it's interesting. Um, and those kind of comments are just like, really, I'm less valued because while I'm cooking these awesome meals, I have, or blue t-shirts. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, but when you are much more importantly, if you're building social strategy, like what, what are some tips that you have that, um, because I mean, I would love them. I think it would take the pressure mm-hmm. off my t-shirts if I felt like super like, okay, this is what's going to really resonate with people. Well, I mean, something that you're doing that I think is really powerful is that you you have found your niche, right? You're very clear about what you stand for, and there are very few other people who do exactly what you do, and who who stand. There's no one who who talks like you do or who is you, but I'm a huge believer, especially if you want to try to control your image and how much you share, and you're a bit, you know, makes you feel a bit naked to be out there online mm-hmm. about being very specific about who you who you are, what you stand for, who your audience is, right? Because hopefully it will allow you to be that much more authentic, although I'm sorry again about the t-shirts, but also mm-hmm. you, know, you can you can sort of do less of it and keep it in your comfort zone while still growing your audience. It also is less competitive. There is so much content out there. I mean, I use the example of my business. My business is called Women Online. All we do is we create digital campaigns that mobilize women for good. We only work with pro-women businesses. We work with a lot of nonprofits, actually mostly, and we work on a lot of influencer campaigns. We don't compete with big PR firms. We don't compete with big digital or even small digital marketing firms. We are super niche. And a lot of people say to me, oh, isn't that nice? Like you own this little business, da, da, da. That pisses me off because women are, you know, we're the majority of the population. We vote more. We advocate more. We give more to charity. We're generally badasses. But if people think my business is small and niche, that's fine with me. I actually have to work less hard to grow it. Right. I have to do. I put out the content that is pure us. I know who I'm trying to reach. I know who my audience is. I know my brand. And I don't sweat the rest. We, I don't do Snapchat. I don't even do Instagram. I am all about still. I try to ro- write thoughtfully, long-form content. I keep it focused on social change and women and work. And I try not to worry about the rest. Because, because you will get so overwhelmed. And I actually tell this to clients, too. I say all the time, like, unless you're Procter & Gamble and you have a million marketing budget for your brand. You can't be on every platform. You, unless you're a professional blogger or a Kardashian, you probably can't create the sheer amount of content that you need to get 3 million Instagram followers. So chill out. Think about what actually drives your business or your brand. Be a sleuth. Look at the numbers and focus on that, right? Like if you're a professional person, LinkedIn is probably where you need to be and building that credibility, you don't need to worry about Snapchat. 
Right. It's interesting that you say that because I never, I mean, I signed up for Snapchat sort of, and then I never really did that and didn't ever resonate with that. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm much bigger on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Speaking of which, I want... Right. Well, I want to make sure that everybody can find you and listen to your incredible podcast and all of that after this. And we're, we only have a few minutes left. So before we jump into anything else, can you make sure we get everyone that info? Oh, please. You Where can go do to we hi- find you? You can go to hidinginthebathroom.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, which I promise because I'm I will, I will rarely send it to you because I don't want to invade. But if you sign up for it, you will get two amazing PDFs. The first one is my 16-point guide to surviving a professional conference or event. It's so useful. It's like your little best friend that you could print out or put on your phone and bring to the next awful networking event you have to go to. I promise it helps. And then the second one is how to overcome FOMO, which really talks about all the stuff that we're talking about and how to have a positive and professional relationship with social media, which is really essential in this day and age and can be managed as long as you're clear and you can like ban the FOMO. So hidinginthebathroom.com or you can follow me on Twitter. I actually love Twitter at Mora A-M or you can follow me on Facebook, Mora Aaron Smealy. And Mora is M-O-R-R-A for those M-O-R-R-A, who- yes. A lot of A's and M's in my name. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure they got the double R's because at first I didn't at one point. I know. But thanks, Mom and Dad, for giving me a name that no one can spell. <laughs> <sighs> they all mean well, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, we have two minutes left. I would love maybe a parting word of wisdom for you, um, for someone struggling who, um, like what's that first step to get out there? And as I said, in one minute or less, go, I'm so mean. (laughs) You are mean. Here's, here's what I would say. This is, this is the most simple and life-changingly effective, like four-step plan to getting out there. The first piece is to put on your, I call it my armor. You can call it your costume. I am really thoughtful about what I wear, how I do my makeup and my hair when I have to get out there for something that scares me. It's like I'm embodying not a character, but like the best version of myself. If I were playing myself in a movie, this is who I'd be. So I literally transform myself. I get out of the yoga pants and I get dressed. Okay, that's step one. Step two is I hook into meaning. I either give myself a pep talk or I have three or four people in my life who I can literally text. My favorite is my husband. He's my adopted extrovert and he always gives me a pep talk. You know why you want to get out there. You are driven. You're fulfilling your dream. It just may not feel like it in the moment. So what you need to do is get out of your head and hook into the meaning. So this can be literally giving yourself a talking to or a pep talk, you know. I I wanted to start this business for 20 years. I'm finally there. I'm walking into the bank because I want to get funding to fund this thing that will save, you know, will help people. It's my dream. That's one example. Or this is this is the meeting I've wished I'd been invited to for five years. I'm finally at the table. I'm going in. For me, I have fear of flying. I'm on the runway. I'm having a panic attack. I'm on this plane, not only because I love my work, but because I have three children to put through college, so I need to be on this plane. Hook into the meaning and the deeper reason. It changes everything. Or phone a friend. The third piece 
is the 10 second rule. And this is from social psychology. My, my good friend, Ellen Hendrickson, who's a famous um, psychologist who studies social anxiety, talks about this. You can do anything for 10 seconds, right? Oh, true. Dare yourself to jump in, enter that room. And then finally, the muscle memory will take over. And if all else fails, make eye contact, smile, and ask someone a question. Be Oprah. You can do it. Um, And download my guide, which has lots of other tips for taking that dive. Thank you so much, Maura. Yes, we can all do it. We can all have it all. This has been such an amazing hour. Thank you so much for joining me and suffering through your cough that I know that you're suppressing. Um, Best of luck on your book tour. Everybody go, please sign up and I will see you all next week. Thanks, Devin. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.